The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Roll on with the grades. We've got the National League East today. Jack, Peter, just baseball show for Thursday, February 9th. We're getting closer. We're seeing more and more Instagram posts and tweets and TikToks being put up of guys walking into the medley of apparel that is in their spring training locker. It's here, man. I mean, they're all showing up right now. The complexes are starting to get a a bit more buzz going. And a lot of these teams in the NL East... A lot of new faces, a lot of big faces. This is the division in baseball that all eyes should be on at the top of the year. Yeah, I agree. And um, talking about social media posts, I was alerted today that Lordy Scurriel Jr. is wearing number 12, 12 days until spring training starts. So that kind of fired me up. Sick graphic with Lordy Scurriel Jr. But of course, he's in the National League West, which we will cover in a future episode in a couple of days. But this is the NL East. Did you see that athletic article uh, they posted about expanding to 32 teams and what, like, I guess technically the East division could look like? It's crazy. Yeah, so I did. It was it was Yankees, Red Sox, Mets, and uh, who am I missing? Phillies. And Phillies, the, yeah. And then there was a meme posted under it, which I just bursted out laughing. It was like the fan bases of these four, and it just lists the four worst dictators in the history of the world, like <laughs> Hitler, Mao Zedong, all those guys. I mean, it was just because it makes total sense, right? I mean, imagine those four fan bases all battling it out in the division against each other. Dude, It'd be Yankees, mayhem. Yankees, Phillies, 12 times a year would fucking suck. In terms of just like fan bases interacting, like that's probably the single most toxic environment you could ever step into is a Yankees Phillies game. And then you go across the pod to Mets Red Sox. I mean, that's not much better. Yeah. I mean, the Mets are always sad. uh, And the Red Sox are kind of getting sad, especially you talk to our guy Colby Olsen telling me he's hammering the overwind total for the Red Sox at 77 and a half. And I think you don't happen to be a Red Sox fan, do you? And it's, you know, it's they're going to win 85 games. There's so much optimism. Um, We'll see. Of course, we'll see. But this is the real National League East. And I'm also excited for the schedule changes where it's not going to be as many divisional matchups where every team gets to play every team. And I was watching MLB Network and they made a really good point, too. It's like Shohei Otani has never played a game in City Field before. Right. Like these. Shohei Otani is maybe the greatest player that we've ever seen in our sport, at least in our lifetime from a from a skill level. 
and he hasn't played in a lot of these ballparks, that's what I'm most excited for this season. Yeah, I mean, what what's really nice is you know, I, and I made I made this remark last year actually when I was calling a game because you know when when you're doing a game and you know it's a three run game in the fourth inning, you're going to look at a lot of the big league scores. You're going to look at other minor league scores, and you know, I w- I was looking at it and. You know, I was just on the MLB app and I said, you know, and and the Dodgers are leading the Royals 3-1 in the fourth in Kansas City. And I, I took a moment. I was like, I don't think I've ever said Dodgers, Royals in Kansas City before. And just seeing those two logos stacked on top of each other playing in the same game was really weird. I don't know if I liked that feeling that I got, but. It's great for people in Kansas City that get to see Clayton Kershaw pitch, that get to see the Dodgers come to town. It's always fun when the best teams come to you. That's the beauty of the NBA. You can see LeBron, you can see Giannis, you can see Jokic in any market every single year. And now we're going to get that opportunity at the major league level. What I hope is going to happen, I'm not sure I haven't checked the schedule to see if this is possible, but to see a lot of the Braves and their revenge games in Oakland. Sean oh, yeah. Murphy, Matt Olson going back to Oakland. Revenge game. That's, that's going to be the title of that Wednesday day game at 1 p.m. where it's Kyle Muller versus Max Freed, and the A's probably win that game. Electric. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> electric. And then how about revenge game Ken Waldachuk against the Yankees? It's going to be great. It was already happening, but. Yeah, um, versus Frankie Montas throwing with his left arm. Because exactly. he might need shoulder surgery. Yeah, exactly. Um, tying a bow on the Lourdes Gurriel thing. You said that he's wearing number 12. Guess who so. wore number 12? Tom Brady. Dalton Varsho. Oh. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. I mean, he's like, hold on. Gabriel Moreno? No, I'm the star <laughs> of the show here. I'm wearing Varsho's number this year. So I like it. We'll see. We'll see if he's as good. Dalton Varsho in my top 100 is ranked pretty damn high. Yeah, I mean, he's really good. He's versatile, really good. and it's wild. So, all right, let, let's jump in to these offseason grades. Let's start with the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta acquired Sean Murphy in that convoluted three-team deal. Um, in turn, they got Murphy. They send away Freddie Tarnock, Kyle Muller, and Roy Bear Salinas. They also send away William Contreras. They acquire Sam Hilliard via trade from Colorado for Dylan Spain. That's a depth bat. They signed Jordan Luplo in free agency, one year, $1.4 million. They acquire reliever Joe Jimenez from Detroit for Justin Henry Malloy and Jake Higginbotham. They grab Lucas Litke from the Yankees for Caleb Durbin and Indigo Diaz. They already lost the trade because they let a guy named Indigo walk. Um, they acquire Colby Allard for Jake Odorizzi in cash and almost a cash dump. They grab Hoy Park and Eli White for cash considerations. They sign Hudson Potts, Mitchell Tolman, Eddie Adrianza, Adani Echevarria, Kevin Pillar, Magnuris Sierra, Forrest Wall, and Nick Anderson as minor league free agents. They lose Dansby Swanson, Kenley Jansen, Adam Duvall, and Robbie Grossman in free agency, and Darren O'Day to retirement. A lot of stuff happened for Atlanta. The big fish that they net was Sean Murphy in a trade. But they do lose Dansby Swanson, and now you're running out of pretty much rookie shortstop. Did they get better? I think they got better, but I don't know if it has everything to do with the offseason. Because remember, you are getting back a healthy Ron Acuna Jr. who, you know, played decently well, but not even close to his standards after recovering from a torn ACL. So you get him back, but that's not really a part of your offseason. But to answer your question, are they better than they were last year? 
it's going to be really tough. Whatever you project for Dansby Swanson moving forward, he gave them a six-war season. Like, that's really, really hard to replicate. I mean, Mookie Betts gave them, gave the Dodgers a 6.6 war. Dansby Swanson was near that for the Atlanta Braves. So you're going to have to replace him with Vaughn Grissom. But just talking about the offseason, they kind of stayed under the radar outside of that big Sean Murphy trade. But I like a lot of their smaller additions. I thought they had one of the better minor league free agent deals in Nick Anderson because when he's healthy, he's proved he's one of the better bullpen arms in all of Major League Baseball when he was on the Rays. Well, two more that I like. Obviously, Adrianza because he's my second favorite player only behind Connor Joe. But also, I really like Kevin Pillar as well. I like that addition because you run into health issues in the outfield all of a sudden. And God forbid Michael Harris get hurt. But if Michael Harris gets hurt, you have no backup center field option. Enter a guy that was a perennial gold glove candidate in Kevin Pillar who can buy you time in center field. And provides a lot of toughness, too. And also, I liked a couple of additions they made in their bullpen. Lucas Litke was a decent lefty for the Yankees. He's not going to be relied upon to you know, throw high leverage situations. But low leverage situations, I remember Lucas Litke always giving you those three outs in the fifth inning when you're up three. And that's Perfect. valuable in some in some cases. It and is. Joe Jimenez with the Tigers was a really good reliever, too. Like, they made a lot of smaller moves. But you look at this team, and I think to myself, why shouldn't they be the favorites to get out of the National League and face whoever they face in the American League in the World Series? I think this team is that good. They've got the billion-dollar team breathing down their necks, which is the problem, and we're going to get to them in a moment. But, um, yeah, like I don't necessarily know if they got better or not. I think they kind of held serve. Um, But I can't give them a C for that. Because they had so much ammo already. They didn't need to do much. And what did they do? They upgraded massively at catcher without giving away too much. Like, I'm swapping William Contreras for Sean Murphy any day of the week when I don't have to sacrifice any depth. Like, what are you sacrificing? Kyle Muller and Freddie Tarnock? Like, you've got Ian Anderson. You've got Jared Schuster. You've got Bryce Elder. There's enough starting pitching depth here. Um I go with a B. They would be an A or an A plus if they retain Dansby Swanson. And I know that they have confidence in Vaughn Grissom, but I can't give them an A by trusting Vaughn Grissom at this point. You know what I mean? I totally understand. I gave them an A minus. I think the Braves, if they had any holes, they filled them with really good big leaguers like Travis Darno and William Contreras. They were a great catchers duo, you know, Contreras, of course, playing a lot of DH, but Sean Murphy is a top five catcher in this game. Like I think undisputed and you add him along with those bullpen guys and you just mix and match. Like if they had a hole, they filled it. And the only one they left open was shortstop, but they have a lot of faith in Uh, Von Grissom, but also they have Orlando Arce as a backup there who they know can play defensively and they may not even care about the bat if Arce wins that battle out of camp because his glove is so sound. And even in a limited sample, you know, he was better for them. Also, they're getting back Ozzy Albies. I think this team is prime for a World Series run. I give them an A- minus because their job wasn't to make huge, enormous splashes because they already have a great rotation. They already have a great bullpen. They already have a great lineup. They're getting back Albies. They're getting back Acuna. What did they have to do? They did everything except get Dansby Swanson. That's why I don't think we can dock them because 
They had a job and they did it really well. Similar to the Mariners, similar to the Astros, teams like that. They had holes. They filled them. I give them an A minus. Yeah. So I I think Dansby is the big thing that pushes me down to a B. I think I'm willing to go to a B plus, but I'm also going to stay at a B because I think they could have added another solid reliever. Like right now they've got Rice Iglesias as the closer. Great. No notes. Minter as the setup guy. Great. No notes. Jimenez, McHugh, Litke, Kirby Yates, Dylan Lee. Like Tyler Matzik still recovering from Tommy John. I would have liked not not Kenley Jansen level. Like they did not need to bring back Kenley Jansen, but I would have liked a a David Robertson type or a Kimbrel type. Just Dude, to, this is the best bullpen in Major League Baseball. Iglesias, Minter, Jimenez, McHugh, Litke, Yates. Yeah, I think and I'm Dylan other- Lee is a stud. I'm t- I think and I'm if Nick Anderson, if Nick Anderson comes back and is good, like this is the best bullpen. It's rated number one by Fangraphs and projected WAR. And you mentioned it yourself; they still have all of those like six, seven, eight starters who they can plug back in there too. This is the best bullpen in baseball. They might have the best rotation in baseball if Mike Soroka looks eighty percent of what he was in that rookie season where he finished six in Cy Young voting. And they don't have any weaknesses in the lineup outside of left field. This is as well-rounded of a ball club that we have in Major League Baseball. No, they're an, they're incredibly, incredibly well-rounded, but they didn't win the World Series last year, right? So you got to make some serious improvements. And I don't know, like if Matzik was in this bullpen, I'd feel a lot better. That's fair. Does that makes sense? That's fair. So while but... it's still good, they could have been over the top because they're competing with a team that pushed themselves over the top and then some. That's fair. Right? That is fair. So I'm going to stick with B. You go with A minus. Yep. All right. The Mets. <laughs> the one everybody's been waiting for. They're really good. <laughs> they <signed. laughs> um, that ESPN article that Passon wrote, uh, almost like a he, you know, did his one-on-one sit down with Steve Cohen, and, and he talked to Steve Cohen about the spending habits and what the Mets want to do, and. Um, you know, Steve Cohen pretty much said like all these other owners crying about it, like they can put their money where their mouth is or they can shut up because I'm I love it my it. way. I it's it. so sick. Um, they signed Justin Verlander to a two year, $86.6 million deal. Highest <laughs> AAV ever. They signed Kodai Senga, five years, $75 million. They signed Jose Quintana, two for 26. There's the rotation. You re-sign Brandon Nimmo, eight for 162. You re-sign Edwin Diaz, five for 102. Only a hundred million dollar reliever in major league history. You extend Jeff McNeil on a deal that makes a lot of sense. Four for fifty million dollars. You sign Omar Narvaez in free agency, two for fifteen. You sign Tommy Pham to a one year six million dollar deal. How about David Robertson to one year ten? How about Adam Adovino coming back on two years fourteen and a half? Then you go and acquire Brooks Raley from Tampa for Keyshawn Askew. You acquire Eliezer Hernandez and Jeff Brigham from Miami for Jake Mangum and Franklin Sanchez. You sign Danny Mendick as a free agent, one year, $1 million. He's decent infield depth. You claim Sam Coonrod off waivers, who's got crazy stuff and showed it for the Phillies on occasion. Um, you sign Tim LeCastro, Abraham Almonte, Lorenzo Cedrola, TJ McFarland, a minor league free agent deals. You do lose Jacob DeGrom, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Trevor Williams, Joely Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, Trevor May, Michael Givens, and Tyler Naquin, a free agency. That's a lot of shit, but A plus. 
Yeah, I agree. A plus. Uh, what else could you do? Of course, you could look at the departures and say, well, they lost Jacob deGrom. They but lost they got Verlander. I like that Verlander deal more they than lost I like the deGrom relievers. deal. They lost some guys. And you could say maybe that would move them down to an A. But if you're going to lose Jacob deGrom, you get Justin Verlander. If you're going to lose Chris Bassett, get Kodai Senga, one of the most there's there's an energy that's kind of forming around Kodai Senga when you watch him more and you hear more people talk about him. Like there's a lot of excitement coming out of Kodai Senga. And on top of it, the slew of other guys they they got to fill holes. You got Brett Beatty coming in to play third base to pair with Eduardo Escobar. The Brandon Immo signing, I thought, was a little over the top, like eight years for that much. Edward Diaz that much for a closer, but they're operating on a level that it doesn't matter. These are rounding errors to Steve Cohen. You mentioned it yourself. He buys a $170 million statue. If we judge it based on him overpaying what what the regular market is, of course you could call it like a B or something like that. But what are we doing? It doesn't matter for him. So you, there's no other grade to give the Mets other than an A+. They did everything and then some. Okay, so would you rather see if you are sitting in Billy Epler's office and you have the ability to give Edwin Diaz $102 million, make him the highest paid closer ever, coming off of a 1-3 ERA, coming off of a sub-1 FIP, I do believe, um, would you rather have him on your team for $102 million or watch somebody else sign him for 90 and say, yeah, that was probably too much for that guy. It's probably not going to work out. Yeah, I'd but, much rather have him on my team for $102 million. But I also didn't hear a soul saying they would give him 90 And the biggest contract of all time, I think, is a Roldis Chapman for around $85 million or a reliever around that price yeah, tag. Diaz earned that, man. And they ba- he backloaded it, too. So he's going to be paying, you know, getting paid for years and years. Uh, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, we could cut holes in it. I'm not, like, here to say... Oh, what a terrible deal. And my right. age poorly. Who cares? Like literally who cares? Nobody going. So um, I was thinking about an A and if they did go through with the Correa thing, sweeping in under San Francisco, they would get an A plus, but I couldn't do that to him because it was already an A plus off season. I was thinking a plus if they signed Correa, they break the scale. Agreed. A plus this team, I, I guess, outside of the Braves. I mean, there's plenty of other teams. The Mets are going to give them a run for their money. I think both teams finish again with 100 wins like they did last year. These are two of the favorites to get out of the National League. And if you separate teams into tiers, the Mets are in tier one of Major League Baseball with the Astros, with, you know, the Braves, with the Dodgers. Maybe I think probably Padres are maybe competing there. The Yankees maybe are competing there, but I think the three best teams in baseball, the Astros, the Braves and the Mets. I'm with you. I'm with it. Like, which is so cool. And it's gotta be so refreshing for Mets fans. And I remember what we had Fink on the just baseball show. I think it was just him waxing poetic about all this shit uh, with me. Like it it was one day that you and Aram were unavailable. And I said, you know what? Like, they just uh, I, I think this was right after the Verlander thing. And and I was like, I mean, we just got to have you on to talk about Steve Cohen going for it. And I remember asking him, Ryan Finkelstein, our man, our managing editor, um, who's also launching Who's Better Baseball, which is like our debate type show. Um, if you don't get enough hotly contested topics on here, you can go listen to that um, first episode. Who's better? The uh, I think the the Braves or the Phillies 
is the I think Mets or Phillies. Mets or Phillies, of and course. then episode two is Mets or Braves. Yeah, he's just it's gonna like he's crazy. just gonna try and convince everyone that the Mets are gonna win 150 games, and they might because they of how might. good their team like, is. Yeah. They might. That's the thing. So I asked him. I was like, "You, this is the most excited you've been for Mets baseball since when?" And he said, "Probably ever." But like, you know, if you had to compare it to a time, it's it's those peak David Wright, Jose Reyes years when they had Johan Santana, and and he was what ten years old for that, or twelve years old for that. So yeah, but and this is this. this is the best team since 1986. No, I'm. This is on paper. This is a better team than 1986. Yeah, yeah. like this is the greatest team on paper in Mets history. If they put it together on the field, I mean. Like we're we're it kind of reminds about, me, yeah. It, it, it kind of reminds me. So I'm writing up my uh, college baseball betting preview. Five teams that I think can win the national championship or the college world series, and the Mets kind of remind me of LSU. You know, with Dylan Cruz, of course, and they killed the transfer portal. They brought in the former Minnesota Twins pitching coach to be their pitching coach. Like it's it's the Avengers assembling, basically. But we saw with Tennessee last year, historic regular season didn't come away with a win in Omaha. LSU could be the same thing. By a value perspective, the Mets are at the top of you know World Series odds and all that. But it doesn't mean that the best team always wins on paper. Right. And the Mets will have to deal with that. But again, on paper, I mean, this is as exciting a product as we have in the game. That every single day, the Mets play baseball you're going to want to turn on the TV. And I cannot wait to watch this team at Citi Field. Living in New York, switching from Yankee Stadium to Citi Field, it's going to be an electric year. Yeah, it's going to be excellent. How many, let's see, you went to what, like six or seven Mets games in five or six Yankee games? Oh, more. I think I went to 15 Mets games in like 10 to 12 Yankee games. Okay, so you went to more Mets than Yankees. Mets more Mets than Yankees. All my friends here are Mets fans. So it's like they a friend would have season tickets here. Another friend would be like, We're going to the game. You know, Chris Longo, who we work with all the time from Den of Geek. I'm in Den of Geek and just baseball studios, huge Mets fan. Our editor, Will Cohen, huge Mets fan. So I'm just always finding myself at City Field, especially because tickets are a little bit cheaper. Not so sure they're gonna be cheaper this year. Um, Chris Longo, I I ran into him in Milwaukee. I was in Milwaukee and I was at Bucks Clippers and uh he texted me was like I'm at this game haha I emailed him today asking him for something and he said hi Jack great running into you in Milwaukee what a little gem of a midwestern city <laughs> like, I, I love you know mid-20s people just trying to converse in a professional way <laughs> which is just hilarious um yeah man I mean I don't know if they're going to be the hottest ticket in town because the Yankees also had a really good offseason and they made a, a certain someone the captain of the Yankees. So I have no idea like what the ticket prices are going to look like. All I know is you've got two of the five best teams in baseball in New York City, and that's freaking awesome. Awesome. Phillies. <laughs> Quality. This team just went to the World Series, too. Yeah. Like this, this is a loaded division. This team just went to the World Series. And they add a $300 million guy. Quality yeah. over quantity was the name of the game for the Phillies. They do lose Zach Eflin, Corey Knebel, Noah Syndergaard, Kyle Gibson, Gene Segura, Zach Eflin um, to free agency. But they signed Trey Turner in free agency. 11 years, $300 million. They signed Taiwan Walker, four for $72 million. You go and grab Josh Harrison to take the place of um, Segura. 
that was one for $2 million. You signed Craig Kimbrell to a one-year $10 million deal. You acquired Gregory Soto and Cody Clemens from Detroit for Veerling, Maton, and Donnie Sands. And you signed Matt Strom in free agency for two years, $15 million. We've perpetually talked about the Phillies' bullpen issues. They looked right, you know, still somewhat flawed, but a lot better during that postseason run. They got much better by adding Kimbrell and Strom. We've talked about the middle infield, right? Is Stott the shortstop? No, Trey Turner's the shortstop. Stott's the second baseman. And now you've got good depth with Josh Harrison. Taiwan Walker is a three. We talked about rotational depth. They didn't really have it. They got a little bit deeper. They addressed everything that caused them to fall short of Houston in the World Series. Yes. If you look at each move in a vacuum and you just look, did they get the better deal or did they get the worse deal? I think they overpaid for Gregory Soto. I thought the Trey Turner contract was enormous. Yeah, he probably has earned it, but he's a guy who relies on, you know, a lot of his speed and how is that going to age? But he was going to be a $300 million shortstop. He was going to be a $300 million shortstop. You have a guy like Craig Gimbrell, who I would not hand the ball to in any high leverage situation at this point in his career. So you and Taiwan Walker, I'm not a big fan of his either. So you look at a lot of the individual moves, and I could make the argument this was a C-minus offseason in terms of each individual move. But similarly to the Mets, they are in a position where they have money to spend, and they are in win-now mode, and they have Andrew Painter, the next great ace in our league. I think we're all kind of square on that at this point. Number one pitching prospect the Just Baseball Top 100 is going to come out, and he's going to be ranked very high. And if he doesn't, for some reason, crack the rotation, he might be the number one overall prospect at season's end. But I think a lot of us assume that he will be throwing innings for the Phillies in 2023. Yeah, This team is better than they were last year, and they made the World Series. So while each individual move, there's some that I like. Matt Strom, I like that sign. I like that one. Yeah. But I'm going to give them a B plus. It's way different than the C minus in terms of the grades. Yeah. Because their job was to get better and they did their job. And who am I to say that these deals right now won't age well? Because that's not the point. So I'm going to give them a B plus even though I think the moves in itself was a C minus Dave Dombrowski did his job. He did. And he did it rather effectively. So you go B plus I'm actually going to go a minus. Cause I, I really think he did his job. Like, well, I think they got much better. And like I just laid out before you gave out your grade, each thing that they needed to improve in was addressed, right? Middle infield depth. They got Josh Harrison. Bullpen help. They got Soto. They got Kimbrell. They got Strom. And Strom. And Strom. Rotational depth. They got Taiwan Walker. Now, I docked them because I think they paid more than market value for both Walker and Strom. That's the only reason why I did that. Like, walk (laughs) and Kimbrell. Shit. But, I mean, Taiwan Walker, like, Taiwan Walker's a $72 million guy? No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not like he's good when he's good, but when he's bad, like he's bad a lot. So yeah, that's my, like he's coming off a good year. Does, does a good year and decent stuff and a lot of frustration for his previous fan bases. 
just because like, you know, what's in there. Is it going to click all the time? No. Is that $72 million worth of Taiwan walk? I don't think so. I'd rather have Tyone who got 68 million. I'd rather have Tyone as well than Taiwan Walker. I, I'd rather have. I you don't I'd have rather... faith. You don't have faith in Taiwan Walker starting game three of the war of the playoffs. Here. You don't. Yeah, I, I was just going to go. Four. I was just going to go to Bassett. I think I'd rather have Bassett than Taiwan Walker. I would too. Yeah. So I'd rather have Kodai Senga. Right now you can hedge some of that reliability that you get with Wheeler and Nola with some volatility in Walker. So I don't blame them for that. I'd much I don't rather blame him Sanga, he's, right? a, he's a decent starter. I mean, yeah, it's not like he's going to kill you and he'll probably be pretty decent in his first year. That's why it's like, right. They got a pitcher who can throw a lot of innings and, and play pretty well. Like, a, are we going to judge year three and year four of the contract when it, they're in win now mode? Not right. So I think we're thinking the same way. Um, I'm just a, a half letter grade higher than you. Like you're B plus, I'm A minus because I don't necessarily hate the moves in a vacuum. I'm not saying you hate them, but you like don't like some of them. I see why they did them, but I thought they paid too much for them. So that's why I docked them a little bit less. So I've got A minus, you've got B plus. Understandable. And this is also a team that, you know, I've said during the regular season last year, I said it during the playoff run when I was betting on them to win every series, is that this team is built for the playoffs. In a regular season format over 162 games, the defense is still not very good. You know, they have some pitchers at the back end. Their bullpen isn't great. But when it comes down to the playoffs, when these rosters shrink a little bit and it's based on your stars, do they have stars? Bryce Harper is going to miss a good chunk of the season, but when he comes back, he's going to light this world on fire. JT Romuto remains the best catcher in baseball. Maybe Adley by the end of the year, but right now it's JT Romuto. You look at first base. Reese Hoskins is going to give you three, 30 and 100. You got Trey Turner, one of the best shortstops in Major League Baseball. You have Alec Bohm, who we believe is going to have a big breakout year. Bryson Stott, we love him. You know, Kyle Schwarber is going to hit 40-plus home runs again. Nick Castellanos couldn't be any worse. And Brandon Mar Martian center field is a really good defensive player and has some upside with the bat. They are very well-rounded, and that's not even mentioning the duo of horses with Nola and Wheeler, who are both at least close to top 10. I think Wheeler is as good as any pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. Well, and think about this. They might have just paid $70 million for a guy that might not be in their playoff ro rotation, right? Because it'll be Nola, Wheeler, Ranger Suarez, I'm starting Ranger Suarez in dog. a postseason game before Taiwan Walker. Me too. You see him against the Astros? Dog. Right. If Painter's Kirby 2.0, Painter is getting the ball before Taiwan Walker is. Yeah, I'd give him it now. This, like. this, team, this team is going to be such a fun watch. And yeah. I I know, like, all right, broadcaster nerd here, but with, with John Cruck in the booth for this team like it's just must watch as many times as i can i love john crook love john crook him and Braden are my favorite um, i don't know so good Braden, Braden is, so is my good. favorite crook is in the top five like i love him as that color guy yeah crook's so good i like both the chicago guys steve stone and deshays um obviously gary keith and ron with the mets are excellent but i mean there's something about tom mccarthy and john crook that's just love elite it. for the phillies oh. The Marlins, um, here's what they do. They signed Gene Segura in free agency, two for 17. They signed Johnny Cueto, one for eight and a half. They acquire Luisa Rise from Minnesota for Pablo Lopez, Jose Salas, and Byron Chorio. We've already broken that um, deal down on 
multiple podcasts. They acquire Matt Barnes and cash to cover the difference for Richard Blyer from the Boston Red Sox. They acquire JT Shagwa and Xavier Edwards from Tampa for Marcus Johnson and Santiago Suarez. They select Nick Enright in the Rule 5 draft, and Miguel Rojas is not on the team anymore. Jacob Amaya is in place of him. I mean, like, there's there's some stuff, and, like, I think they got better, um, but it's it's the Reds conversation, right? Like, they don't have a big financial pool to swim in, so... <sighs> yeah, with all due respect to uh, the Marlins fans listening, this uh, podcast got real boring real quick. Yeah. Um, we were talking about three of the better teams in all of baseball, and then we go to the Miami Marlins, who might win 70 games. Uh, I, they, no, I think they, they win won more than that, I think. Yeah, they might. I mean, they won 68 last year, 69. Um, do you get the same thing from Sandy? I assume you do. But unanimous Cy Young back-to-back might not no, happen. No, you can't assume you get a unanimous Cy Young. Yeah, no more Pablo Lopez anymore. We'll see Trevor Rogers, Edward Cabrera. I think Jesus is our – like, these guys all have great stuff and have tons of potential. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, they definitely have the depth there. Uh, it's just they didn't do enough to really address the offense. And Jazz Chisholm is incredibly talented, but how's he going to do in his first year learning a new position and not just a new position like switching from second base or shortstop to second base, switching to center field? Um, I gave him a C plus. I think they're better, but didn't do nearly enough to pique my interest. Yeah, I, I give him a C plus. I said this when the Lopez deal went down. I'm glad they moved Pablo Lopez as opposed to some of the younger guys with more Agreed. control. They should have um, agreed. Yeah. Like they were going to move one. I'm glad that they moved Lopez and not Trevor Rogers or Edward Cabrera, especially Edward Cabrera. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I think I'll go with a C plus as well. Uh, just because, you know, it, yeah, they got a little better. Um, you should feel good about the off season. If you're Kim Ang, if you're a Marlins fan, should but you, I'm, I'm so by Marlins standards. Yes. But okay. this team in nobody's wildest dreams is contending for a wild card spot. There you it's go. Race. I mean, they are Brentford or Nottingham Forest. And the three teams that we talked about above this are Man City, Arsenal, and Tottenham. You know, like there's just, there's no comparison. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to add to this. Um, they're going to pitch. They're not really going to hit. It's going to be a lot of the same as last year. I just wish they were more ambitious. Like, I wish they even signed some, like, guys we were really excited about to one-year deals. Or just, like, like the moves they made. I like are the just... Cueto move. I like it. Yeah. That's, like, that's a move where I like. But I'm not, like, oh, Johnny Cueto's a Marlin. They're, and it's like they added Johnny team. Cueto to a rotation where they already have their five. Or, I mean, I guess he'll be the fifth. and But they still have um, Braxton Garrett, like, Yes, the Johnny Cueto move I like, but at the same time, make a Johnny Cueto-esque move for the offense, right? For the bullpen, right? They, they, they didn't did do any Gene. of that. They did it with Gene. Yeah, they signed right? a player, but like, weren't you shocked by how low the dollar amount was for Gene Segura? Like, didn't that kind of raise any alarms in your head of if the Marlins got him for two for $17 million, maybe his market wasn't as vast as we thought? I don't. I don't even think the market was vast for Gene to begin with. 
That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, they added Gene Segura. Let's see how well he plays next year. You know? Yeah. Like, is he going to even be, I think he's going to be better than what Miguel Rojas gave them last year, but they also lost him. Then you put Wendell in there. I don't know. So lineup is better this year with Segura and Arise. Yeah. Rotation holds serve because you don't have Pablo, but you add a, a healthy Rogers and a healthy Cabrera and Johnny Cueto. Um, the bullpen got better. You got Barnes, you got Enright, you got Shagwa. Um, Barnes like, isn't any good. Uh, Barnes might be good in a very, very low leverage situation. Sure. He can close games. The Marlins haven't had somebody to close his game since what? Heath Bell, right? You and um, I both know we'd rather have Enright closing out games than Matt Barnes. Correct. Um, I don't know. We can move on from the Marlins. Yeah, let's move on. It doesn't get much better. No, no. We're about to move on to an exciting team, right? Yeah, it doesn't get much better, man. Here's what the Washington Nationals did. They signed Corey Dickerson to a one-year $2.25 million deal. They signed Dominic Smith in free agency to a one-year $2 million deal. Jamer Candelario to a one-year $5 million deal. They signed Stone Garrett as a minor league free agent. He may crack the opening day roster. Um, they do sign Trevor Williams to be a member of the rotation, two years, $13 million. They signed Alex Colome, who's going to be a member of the bullpen, to a minor league free agent deal. Uh, they select Thad Ward, first overall in the Rule 5 draft. And they sign Michael Chavis, Matt Adams, Lionel Valera, who I really liked as a Dodgers prospect a couple of years ago, Derek Hill, Blake Rutherford, Tito Polo, Team Columbia legend at last World Baseball Classic, Tito Polo. Uh, Chad Cool to minor league free agent deals. Ah, uh, do you have any takeaways? Blake Rutherford got a hit off me uh, when I was playing high school baseball. Um, almost got him out, fisted a single. What a loser! Yeah. Um, I mean, if he only can get a single off me, I'm not that confident what he can do in Major League Baseball. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. No, but he was a you know he was a I think he was a first round guy um with the Yankees and then I think went to the White Sox maybe and then now is on the Nationals just kind of bouncing around hasn't found his footing yet um I mean that's irrelevant I don't even think he's gonna make a big league impact uh C minus I I'm not excited about any particular move outside of Thad Ward I'd give the Washington Nationals a C minus because they didn't fail they didn't do anything like bad they're probably better than that second half, even though I think it's hilarious that even after trading Soto and Bell, they had the same winning percentage after that they did with those two guys. And now you add some veterans um, and some veterans who can end up being okay. They've made zero splashes, but they weren't supposed to anyway. So I'm not going to give them a D because it's not like they were the A's of 2021 where they spent $0. They still did stuff. C-. minus. Um, I, I gave him a C because like, I think think they're the same. I don't know. Like this, this just screams indifference. Um, C minus would be if like every deal was boring, but I kind of like the Dom Smith trial for $2 million. I think there's something left Uh, for Dom Smith. I like, I like Candelario on a one-year deal, right? I like, um, super weird. But I like some of the minor league free agent signings. I like Michael Chavis being infield depth for them. Like Chavis was okay for the Pirates last year. 
I really like Lionel Valera. I think that this guy has some juice. He has some speed. He had a great arm when I saw him. Granted, I saw him in high A in 2021, and he was excellent in high A in 2021. Um, But he tapered off. He had a 740 OPS this past year. Uh, He had a 650 OPS, but then he goes up to double A, and he has an 850 OPS. Um, so, I mean, he can, he can still kind of hit it. Um, I think they're hoping that he can tap into something, but he's 23 years old. He turns 24 on July 9th. So if this is a triple a infielder that you can call up, if, if depth requires, then so be it. Um, uh, yeah, like, I don't think, I don't think you convinced me to get off my C. No, that's fine. That's fine. Like, <laughs> no, but I'm just I, saying, I, I like Candelario. I like that this, move. This whole thing just screams indifference to me. And that's why it's a C. It's the most 50th percentile average. Like it's nothing about this offseason should excite or disappoint me with the Washington Nationals. We just graded an incredibly polarizing division. Incredibly polarizing. You have as good as it gets at the top and as bad as it gets at the bottom. And we'll see what happens. I can't wait for the season, dude. It's going to be awesome. We have so much stuff coming on JustBaseball.com, yeah. Fantasy Baseball. We just dropped um, just dropped a new one by our guy Reese. He wrote up first player draft rankings. I'm not too familiar with the dynasty formats, but it's so, like guys like Jackson Holiday, Kodai Senga is in there. Like it's, it's a lot of the first-year player drafts in fantasy. We have that up. I'm coming out with college baseball content. We have... WBC content out the nose coming on the Just Baseball show. Tons of content over here at JustBaseball.com and on this podcast. And we really appreciate you guys listening along. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit us with a like, comment, what you think the grades are for the NL East, as well as hit that subscribe button. And if you have been enjoying this podcast, we'd really appreciate you giving us five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you'd be so kind, we have Just Baseball merch in the episode description. Get your hats, get your sweatshirts, athletic tees, regular tees, the whole nine. All of that you can find in the episode description. With that, thank you, everybody. Thank you.